Welcome to the Success Differently podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Korf, where we dive in each week to chat about all the things business, marketing, and women doing it like women do. And we're here helping you navigate through all of it. I'm an all-girl mama who traded her iPad for her first camera, grew a successful photo biz, and launched a woman in business magazine for supporting, inspiring, and encouraging women to stand in their power. We'll teach you the expertly discovered secrets to building a business that you love with real talk and honest conversation. Box yourself into a traditional expectation of success? No way. Pull up a chair, get cozy, as you get ready to be challenged and encouraged and learn with us. This is the Success Differently podcast, because as women, we do success differently. Let's dive in. Thanks to Flowdesk for supporting the Success Differently podcast. Flowdesk is a click and drag email builder. Want to look like you have an entire marketing team crafting and coding your every email? Look no further. Flowdesk puts the power of professional designer in your pocket. Their click and drag email builder makes it easier than ever to create beautifully branded emails and no coding required. Listeners of the Success Differently podcast get 50% off when you use our link. Go to jessicacorf.com backslash resources or flowdesk.com backslash C backslash Jessica Korf to get yours. All right, Jillian, I am so excited to have you on Success Differently today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Before we dive all the way into the nitty gritty and the hows and the whys and all that, I'm dying to hear more about, you know, this, this thing you mentioned about losing weight while eating what you love, right? We all want to do that. But first, tell me more about your backstory. How did you get to here? How did this become your focus and passion? Yeah. So it was really interesting. I started my first business, which was a bakery in Dhaka, Bangladesh. And from then, and I was 25, recently out of college, didn't have what I felt like what I was doing much that I was doing in my life. I I just kind of felt like I was meandering about. And so I moved overseas. My parents are stationed with the Foreign Service there. So when I got into the country and originally had planned to work for the embassy, they went on a hiring freeze. And so I quickly realized, all right, like I maxed out my credit cards to get here. I have nothing to go home to. My life sucks. What do I do? Like, I got to figure this out. And it was one of those moments where I felt like that is where God wanted me. I really felt convicted and and sure that this is where he wanted me. But there were a lot of why God, why moments. And so I ended up though starting a bakery, you know, having my own business, really kind of falling in love with entrepreneurship, ended up meeting my husband there who went, he was a Marine security guard who was stationed there. So we have a, a cute little love story of it took us, you know, flying all the way around the world to uh, to meet each other, but God has a sense of humor, you know. So, but but ever since then, I really um, I've loved entrepreneurship, and I've always wanted to have my own business. And and so after my foray into baking and coming back to the U.S., I realized, you know, one, I'm not like the greatest baker and cake decorator. Like I am no ace of cakes. And so while it was fun, it was not something that I could see being a realistic business here. And so I started to get more into. Uh, like business and marketing and what could I do in this other realm? And as I started working with different clients in the health world, I also started to realize that what they were teaching was a bunch of bullshit. And I really, and I'm sorry, can I cuss on your show? (laughs) I did not even ask. (laughs) Absolutely. Go ahead. (laughs) So 
So it's a, a, just a bunch of BS. And I mean, there were some people, and I really honestly believe that they had good intentions, that they really wanted to do something well in this world, but it was all crap. Like you cannot tell me and that you, you know, expect to make a million dollars in the next year selling this quote detox that is not going to do any good for the people who are in it. Like what they were teaching, I just could not get behind. And so I realized very quickly, I had a lot of strong thoughts and opinions around health and weight loss and, um, and how do we really address some of these other issues around our relationship to food and to exercise and to ourselves, to our bodies, um, the, the mindset pieces around, health and weight loss and diet culture and, um, and things like that. And so, uh, in 2018, I made the pivot and started to get more into health and life coaching. And, um, and as I started, um, doing my certification and and going down that road, I also realized that I wanted to work on my own relationship with food, that I still found myself reaching for food every single day when I wasn't truly hungry. And so really what I do now has come out of my own personal journey and experience with food and body image and exercise and a lot of the food rules that we get trapped in around thinking it's just eat less and exercise more. And that philosophy can often wreak more havoc on our bodies than not. Um, And it creates a lot of negative food rules around you know, fat making you fat, carbs are bad, sugar is evil. um, And it really doesn't set us up to have a healthy relationship with all food. And so in order to lose the weight, eating the foods we love, that we have to have a healthy relationship with it. No food can be bad or off limits or evil because of what ends up happening with this all or nothing thinking. We say, screw it. I already ruined my diet. Let me start again next week. And so it's Wednesday and you throw in the towel on the rest of the week when you could have looked at, all right, how do I get right back on track and get focused? And at the same time, realize what threw you off track to begin with. Like, let's really dig in and find the root issue here of what's going on underneath the surface instead of just, you know, trying to willpower harder. I love that. I think it makes perfect sense. So tell me more then, does that mean that eating what you love and still losing weight really comes down to just understanding that mindset and that relationship with food? Is it just about understanding how much you can take in? What's the piece there? Yeah. Yeah. So this is all about number one, listening to your true hunger signals. So we really have to be mindful and aware of any kind of emotional eating. And it doesn't mean that we're sad or depressed or lonely or feeling these overwhelming, big, massive, I can't get out of bed kind of emotions. It can be I'm looking to relax at the end of the night. I've had a stressful week and I just want to chill out. My kids are driving me crazy. There was a meltdown in Target. I can't believe all these people are on the road. What are you doing? Get out of my way. Like it was so hectic getting to work or, um, you know, any number of things we can, we'll start emotionally eating and emotional eating is simply wanting to change your emotional state with food. So your brain has simply learned that food is the most reliable, rapid, and effective way of creating a sense of relief or pleasure or joy or relaxation. So it's just a simple habit that we've learned and picked up, which means that it's a, it's a habit that we can relearn. We can unlearn it and move to something else. But we really have to start to spot all the times we're reaching for food when we're not truly hungry. That's always going to be the foundation of what I teach. Like rule number one, I think we can have good food rules. Rule number one is to eat when you're hungry. And I, I focus on really just helping clients to understand why they're reaching for food when they're not hungry. And then we start looking at what, you know, what are they eating? Cause I'm not concerned about the, what you can lose weight eating anything these days, right? It depends on your own body, 
your own hormones, your sleep, hydration. Got to look at any kind of imbalances, whether you have autoimmune disorders, any kind of hormonal imbalances, any other kind of diagnosed or pre-diagnosed conditions. We want to look at, are you really eating to nourish your body and making quality food choices, but also recognizing that, you know, you can lose weight eating cake and fried chicken and pizza and burgers and all of what we see as being these, quote, bad foods. But the key is that we're not emotionally eating them anymore. We're eating them when we're truly hungry and we're stopping it satisfied. We're not waiting until we need to break out the stretchy pants or we're, you know, like Thanksgiving stuff and have to unbutton our pants. We're not eating because it's free or because somebody else, you know, somebody else paid for it. We're not eating because, well, it's a buffet and I'm going to get my money's worth out of it. We've got a lot of thoughts around food and money and I don't want to waste it. So rather than wasting food in the trash, we want to waste it on our ass and overconsume and overindulge. And really, like we just have to get back to some of these very basic ideologies, I guess, you know, like methodologies of, and really unravel some of these thoughts and the drama and the emotion that we have with food and with the scale. And sometimes those can be hard to break for a long time. I really struggled with thinking that I could eat carbs and lose weight at the same time in the science, in the literature of like, scientifically, I should be eating this. And it's like, well, does that work for your body? You know, like we, some people do better on less carbs. Some people do better on more carbs. Some people, you know, can't do processed bread or gluten or wheat very well, but they can eat other things like rice and potatoes or, you know, it's really about looking at your body and figuring out what's going to make you feel the best. Like, how do you have energy? How do you feel satiated? And how do you still enjoy your food? Because, Like food is enjoyable and that's okay. We don't have to take all the joy and pleasure out of it. We just want to stop thinking that we'll find all of our joy for the day or the primary focus of our joy for that day is with a bag of Oreos or a bag of chips. So I love what you're saying because it feels incredibly empowering to the woman who, or I suppose any person that you're working with who wants to lose weight. For those of us who have maybe tried all of the one size fits all diet fads and it doesn't work. So much shame is around that, right? Right. If this is supposed to work for everyone, mm-hmm. why can't I do it? So I yeah. love that you're taking it and you're customizing yes. it so that it's fit. It's fitting for each individual. And there's a, there's an empowerment piece to that, right? Suddenly it's not because yeah. I suck at dieting or whatever. It's because my body is different and needs it right. done differently. And my mindset needs to be addressed. So that's something I really love about what you do. And that's always been something I've been fascinated by since the day we met. I mean, it's just something I love about your entire Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So what does success look like to you? So we talk about success differently here a lot. And we talk about how women do success differently in general than men. But also within that, each woman does success differently, right? We each have our own goals of what mm-hmm. success looks like. So what does it look like for you? Yeah, and this is such a great question. It's something that I was asked, oh gosh, a few months ago on another podcast. And I remember thinking like, oh man, there are some days where like just getting out of bed is like a success. Putting on makeup is a success. Getting, you know, doing my hair is a success. And with a young child, he's now nine months, a lot of times, yes, that is a win. But I'm also like not satisfied with that answer most of the time. Like I'm such a perfectionist, a high achiever. I have thoughts about what it should look like and what productivity does look like. And so even though I I look back and I think about that answer and, and yes, it's very accurate, I also have to be honest that 
I was also never satisfied and feeling successful when I did those things because, well, I still had emailed the check and I still didn't get the dogs walked on time and I still didn't do this or I didn't, you know, vacuum the house or I didn't fold the clothes or, you know, there was still this long list of to do's. And so I have been really working on redefining success to be a balance between enjoying like having home life being a 10 and having work being a 10. And so work being a 10 in my business looks like, you know, working with clients who are like wanting to change their progress or rate of progress isn't as important as that they're growing, they're learning, they're becoming whole new women. They're not just losing the body weight, they're losing the mental and emotional weight. They're learning how to stand up for themselves in relationships. They're quitting jobs. They're pursuing passions. They're, you know, and they are finding success regardless of how young or how old they are. Um, I have a client now who is 79 years old and she is rocking it. And she's like, but when I get to 80, like I know I still have some many good years left. I want to make my time here count. And, and so success to me, it's like, I have to stop defining success as how much money I'm making or how many clients I'm working with at any given time and really look at what is the impact that I'm having? How many lives am I changing? And being okay that I am not always going to see that ripple effect of how many lives I'm changing because people will listen to various podcasts. They might listen to my podcast. They might read my emails. And they're just kind of – I often think of them as lurkers because I used to be a lurker too. I'm still very much a lurker at times. But um, I've got to recognize like there are people who are just watching, who are taking it in, who are learning, who are implementing. And and so redefining success from a place of like how people are changing their lives, how I am changing my thoughts, and really making sure that I'm allowing myself to feel successful and to like give myself the praise and the kudos even if I don't, even if on the outside, it's like I haven't met certain metrics, you know, even if I haven't met certain benchmarks or even certain goals that I might have for myself to really practice stepping into that I can still feel successful. And I think success for me would look like being able to kind of take take time off as needed to be able to take time off whenever things come up spontaneously. My husband's grandfather was recently diagnosed with cancer. My mom's in town visiting before she goes to Africa for three years. So it, there's, you know, there's a variety of things that have come up over the summer in addition to other planned vacations and travel and other people visiting to where I want the business and the home to also bounce to where I can take that time off and enjoy time with them and trust that like, I'm not falling behind. I'm, you know, nothing is going wrong. I'm not abandoning, abandoning my business. I don't have to feel bad about taking a day off and, you know, and, but it's practicing like those thoughts and reminding myself that every day, probably multiple times a day in all honesty, you know, like that's something that we really have to start to work on and, and actively, you know, redefining what success is and what it means and what it looks like and how I want to feel successful today because all of us can. We all have reasons to feel successful today if you'll let yourself. I love it. And that's very true. So everybody rewind and write all of those nuggets down, put them on a sticky note on your on your mirror because there were some really great pieces in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I for a long time, I was emotionally eating because I had a lot of shame around my business and where I was or wasn't. And it was a lot of it was like, 
I should be further along. I should be making more money. I should be here. I should be there. I should be doing these things. And and it created this low level shame and judgment to where at the end of the night, even though I wasn't very conscious and aware of it, I still kept like turning to food because I needed the break. I needed the relief. I needed to to relax. And it, it's really funny to look back and to see it as, oh, I thought I just needed a different job. You know, it was like, well, let me just get a different job and then the emotional eating will stop. Well, then I changed jobs and I was still emotionally eating. Okay, well, let me just work. Once I get to be working my business full time, then I'll stop emotionally eating. Like that must be it, right? I kept trying to change the circumstance without realizing that those thoughts will follow you through all of those circumstances. The thoughts will follow you through all of the jobs, through the business. And because I realized it was mid-afternoon, I was going, you know, working for myself, going back to work for myself, and I still was emotionally eating. And I was like, what is going on here? And it's it's just such a good reminder that, we get to be in in control of that feeling and those desires. And it took some time because back when I was first changing jobs, like I would have told you like, oh, I'm fine. Like emotional eating, I don't do that. Like, yeah, sure, emotions play a role. But like, that's only if, you know, I have a fight with a husband or, you know, there's something that really triggers me. We don't often think about emotional eating because of the own, like our own, shame, judgment, guilt, self-loathing, self-consciousness, feelings of not being good enough, thin enough, smart enough, pretty enough, all those things. So that's just, that's another thing just to really be mindful of when it comes to allowing yourself to feel successful now, allowing yourself to feel good in your body now, to feel and to think really lush thoughts about yourself. You don't have to earn that with a number on the scale. Absolutely. So tell me more then, as we're talking about success, and we're already kind of making those connections between health and success, what would you say was is one of the biggest pieces that health and success, how are they connected in being able to be successful in your business and also making sure that you're living in a healthy mindset and place of eating even? Right, right. So even though I talk about weight loss, I also... Am opposed to diet culture. So diet culture is very much a mindset and a philosophy around you want to look a certain way, regardless of any health conditions, that it being a certain size, a certain shape, a certain weight, like this is the ideal and you want to get here kind of at all costs. And you get here a lot of times through punishment of like, well, the number is too high. So you need to punish yourself with exercise or the number is too high. So you need to punish yourself by taking away food. And so recognizing that It is okay to want to lose weight and you can love yourself at the same time. Like we can lose weight and not fall into the diet culture and the diet stereotypes and and those stigmas. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight, but we also want to look at why and what are the health reasons? What are, and, and are you living a healthy lifestyle? So sometimes weight loss is a good thing. Sometimes learning how to be comfortable in your own body without trying to lose those last five pounds or the, you know, little extra weight that maybe you feel like you're carrying, like being comfortable in your body. And that can be a, a huge step. Um, so we're looking at mental health as well as the physical, the physical health. And so we want to be aware of some of the like the diseases, quite honestly, right, that we can get. So things like diabetes, heart disease, having high blood pressure, hypertension, 
leaky gut, having food allergies and things later in life. Things can develop over time. Just because you don't have a food sensitivity now doesn't mean you can't still get something down the road. And so as we are doing so much more research and kind of the nutrition sciences are really evolving and expanding, we're learning so much more about what really the healthy lifestyle looks like. Just because you are thin or a size two doesn't mean that you are actually healthy. But we want to look at, you know, sleep. We want to look at hydration. These two things are not only going to help you to burn more fat naturally, but they're going to impact your mood. They're going to impact your focus and your cognitive performance. They're going to impact energy levels. It'll actually help you to like regulate like hunger and satiety. It'll help with cravings, you know, so really looking at this from a standpoint of just the the health pieces, helping you to perform better in your business, to be there, to be able to, to think, to make decisions, to really, you know, put your all and to have, have your all in there. Because even if you're at a desk, things can be mentally draining. Things can be, you know, like taxing. And because willpower is housed in our prefrontal cortex, so right in our forehead, which is also where we do all of our like critical thinking, problem solving, analyzing, when we're using and we're tapping that part of our brain all throughout the day, it zaps and depletes our willpower. So even though we don't think that we're using any willpower, that muscle has been depleted. And so if we think we're going to make good, smart choices in the moment, like at the end of the night when it's six o'clock and everyone's hungry, like you're out of your mind. (laughs) And you probably have the experience to show that like, hey, this doesn't work. Trying to make decisions in the moment at the end of the night when I'm stressed and tired and I've had a long day and I've been, maybe it was a great day, but you still just tap that muscle so much that you like, it's time to, we got to move on. Like you need some other stuff that some decisions that have already been made for you. And that doesn't even get into like, procrastinating when we are trying to procrastinate on a task. And so we're rummaging through the pantry or the, you know, opening up the refrigerator. So we really want to be aware of how feeling good in our bodies impacts our mood. It impacts our day, our outlook. It impacts our ability to create content or share content, to show up on interviews, as well as like the mood piece, like really having a healthy relationship to the scale and the mirror and our bodies and looking at ourselves and, you know, being able to love ourselves now as we're in the process of either changing our bodies or losing weight. Um, And I think so often we get hung up thinking, well, if I love where I am now, if I accept it and I can be happy or satisfied in it, then we think that it's going to eliminate any desire or motivation to change. It would be like, you know, oh, well, I'm at this point in my business and, uh, you know, let's say I'm making $5,000 a month, but I really want to be making 10. I can't be happy with the 5,000 because I need, I need something to motivate me to get to the 10. Or if I'm happy with the five, then I'm just going to stay there. So we have a lot of, we have, there's simply thought errors as to how we are thinking about things today that have this long-term impact. When we learn how to change our thinking, it will spread to all areas of our life. And that's, I think, one of the beautiful things about what I teach with weight and health and lifestyle is then we can take it and apply it to your business now. And let's take it and apply it to your marriage and to your relationship with your kids and to these other things. Absolutely. I love that. And I'm going to like jump all the way back a little bit to what you mentioned about like sort of you get that decision fatigue sometimes, right? Which I think will impact then your decisions of what you're eating. Because if you haven't say pre-set up your your meals, now you've got to decide what to make and you've got to and you end up just reaching for what's the easiest thing to grab and doesn't require any decision making. So I think those are all really great points because I've caught myself in that space as well. 
Right. Right. And it's totally normal. Like, and it, I don't want anybody to feel like they're bad or they are abnormal for it. Right. Like this is something that we all do. We all have a habit brain that's just trying to um, make it as easy on yourself as possible. Absolutely. So what are your top three actionable tips someone can take right now as they're listening to want to begin their health journey or maybe take it to a better or next level? Yeah. So step number one is always going to be eat when you're hungry, stop when you're satisfied. It sounds simple, but it doesn't always feel easy in the moment because we have a lot of excuses and justifications and permission giving thoughts to eat. So things like, oh, well, they made this just for me, so I should probably eat it. Or it was free or everybody else is eating or drinking. And anything that we're applying to food, you can apply to alcohol, you can apply to the, you know, to other things in your life, but but we'll just stick with food, you know, kind of for right now. It might be, you know, like, well, I worked out really hard or I lost weight this week or, you know, again, kind of that like, oh, I'm stressed, I'm looking for relief or I'm looking for comfort. Even if we're not consciously thinking that, that's often what we can be doing. And so really just being aware and mindful of, am I eating because I'm hungry or am I eating because for some other reason. And so really just asking yourself, am I hungry before you start eating is a great first step. So walking into the kitchen, am I hungry? I can't tell you how many times that has, <laughs> I walked in the kitchen, asked myself that question. The answer was no. And I'm thinking, all right, it's time to get out of the kitchen then, <laughs> right? Like you will not solve your emotional problems here. <laughs> you will not solve anything. You will not, you know, like it's a, it's a false sense of relief. You will not solve anything when, you know, here in this, in the freezer, in the pantry. So that's always going to be tip number one is to really focus on, am I hungry? Tip number two, we want to focus on small changes. So we want to look at what is the 1% better, like level up that you can do today? Like what's 1% better today? Now, the thing with this is we often don't like small changes. We want to go big or go home. We have a lot of thoughts, especially around the fact of like, this isn't good enough. This isn't going to get me to my weight fast enough. This couldn't possibly help me, you know, like drinking more water couldn't possibly help me lose weight. Sleeping more can't possibly help me lose more weight. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just lazy. We have a, we really turn it and work it against ourselves. But what we've found is that when you take 1% and you compound it over time, it grows and blossoms into these incredible results that you can actually sustain. Because here's the thing, if you can lose 30 pounds in three months, it ain't going to mean shit if you gain it back three months later, right? Then that just wrecks havoc on your confidence and self-belief and self-trust. You feel like you're constantly dieting all the time. We have to start by focusing on what can I do for the rest of my life without hating my life, which means that these small, simple changes, like we're going to pick one area and we're going to focus on it. You know, like today, maybe I swap out my chips for a side salad. It doesn't mean I can never have chips again. It doesn't mean that tomorrow I'm not going to have chips. It just means that today that's going to be my level up. I'm going to look at how can I add one one extra veggie to my my meal plan for the day? How can I, you know, instead of drinking four glasses of wine, am I going to drink three, right? Being very conscious and intentional on like what is one, you know, what is one next step that I can take? Because when we learn to love our process, that's when we can actually maintain the weight loss. The problem that we often run into is that, diets are restrictive, they're depriving, we don't end up losing a, our weight in a way that we can live it. And so of course, we're going to gain it back. 
So really, but managing our mindset around small implementable changes, right? Like that can be a challenge there just from the mental perspective. And tip number three is really focusing on the mindset. So really looking at those thoughts and beliefs around food and our bodies. What do you need to achieve in order to feel successful? Whether it's a weight or it's you know, money that you're making in your business, there can be a lot of things where we attach and we think, well, I will feel successful here. I will feel feel good at this benchmark. And then how often do we move the benchmark, right? Like, and I'm so guilty of this too. It's like, I'm 130 pounds and I want to be 125. I'm 125 and I want to be 120. Like that goalpost is always moving. I want to make, you know, I make a thousand dollars. Well, now I want to make 10,000. I make 10,000. Now I want to make a hundred thousand. I make a hundred thousand. Now I want to make five, right? It's like, we never allow ourselves to feel happy and successful and proud and confident with where we are right now, because we are always basing it outside of ourselves and putting it on some other thing that needs to be earned and achieved rather than how do I learn how to do that right now? Like, how do I feel happy and confident and successful and sexy and attractive and, you know, all the things that we ultimately want to feel? How do I start to show up and feel that now and start taking action as if I'm the woman with that million dollar business? Who is in living the life that I want? Who has that body that I think I desire? So yeah, I went through those kind of quickly, but, (laughs) but that's ultimately what we've got to do is like, we can't have either of those first two of the, you know, eat when you're hungry and stop when you're satisfied and focusing on small steps. If we don't also incorporate number three, which is really focusing on our mindset and really understanding why, you know, why it is that we do the things we do and, and how to start showing up and feeling the way we want to feel now. I love that. I love all those steps. I think those are fantastic places for people to both start and increase where they're at. I also love that you talked about celebrating the small things, right? Because you're right. We don't, not not just weight loss, not even just your business. It's so often hard for us women, especially I think as entrepreneurs to just sit in the success in the moment and celebrate what just happened for a little bit. So here's everyone's permission. Think about what was, what's the last success you had and just celebrate today. Don't think about what's coming next. Just really love on yourself today. Yeah, don't compare to anybody else. Right. Yeah, I think we, we get comparing and it's like, well, I can't celebrate this because, well, look what she's doing. She's doing, she's so much further ahead. She looks so much better. She's got a bigger house. She's got a, you know, better marriage or whatever it is that we're, we, we love to compare. And there's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of times that send us in, sends us into a shame spiral. So don't do that. You'll be able to celebrate when you're not comparing so much. Absolutely. Okay. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten about running your own business? Best piece of advice is to take one courageous step or do one thing that scares you every single day. I think that it like getting learning how to get outside of our comfort zones, like it's hard. I mean, they call it a comfort zone for a reason, but it can feel kind of hard and challenging. So, you know, and if even if you just do it for, you know, try it for a month, tell yourself, hey, what can I, you know, ask yourself every morning, what can I do today that's going to feel courageous? What can, what feels uneasy or do I not want to do right now that is actually going to move your business forward? That has been, I, I'd say, a really good piece of advice for me. The other piece would be talk to humans being a normal person and just go talk to live human beings, you know, like stop fiddling with your website behind the scenes, stop 
thinking and planning and journaling and not that there's anything wrong with journaling, but we can get so caught up into like, let me focus on me. And really, we just need to be out there meeting people, you know, acting like a normal human being, telling, you know, and making offers to help if there's a way that we can help, you know, that's it. Those are perfect. I love both of those. I think it's, you know, considered a consistent thing I've heard, right, is that growth happens outside your comfort zone. So doing a little something every day, it's just like, I feel like it's been a trend over these last several podcasts of this, this one or 2%, right? This little bit, it turns into, it, it turns the ship eventually, right? I love that because you've talked about it already so far with food. And now we're talking about it in growth, right? One little percent every single day. And you'd be really surprised where you're at in 30 days. And plus like, Meeting people is important too. If people don't know about you because you're always behind the scenes on your website, it's hard for business to grow. So two excellent pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And those can be one and the same, right? Like maybe going to that networking group or event is your your act of courage. It could be that you want to post and interact with one person in a Facebook group every single day. It doesn't have to be a new action step or something different all the time. It can be, hey, I'm going to do this one thing that kind of scares me over the next 30 days and just see how that's going to change and and what you'll get from it. Because it you know may not always turn into more clients and more money, but it turns into increasing your network. And who do they know? It's increasing that ripple effect. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. This is becoming one of my favorite questions to ask. If you were a lipstick color, what would you be and why? Ooh, that's, that's fun. Oh gosh. This is kind of hard because I love like a fuchsia purpley kind of color, but I also like a coral. I'm thinking of like, what's my favorite color? And that's, that would be like what I chose. (laughs) So, which is kind of funny because my new brand colors have this kind of fuchsia-y pink purple color and a coral. So those would be (laughs) those, those just, yeah, those, the, the fuchsia is what came to mind first. So we'll go with that. And I think that it's just like, it's vibrant. It's bold. It's it, it like, it brightens your day, you know, like it's something that uh, kind of makes you feel good. I'm not saying I would look good in it by any means with this, like, you know, sh- freckles and strawberry blonde hair, right? <laughs> not the question. <laughs> That's not the question. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care what looks good. We're just talking about what color we are. And I think that's perfect because I do. I think you're bold. I think you're fun. And I think that it's very, it's also kind of like an empowering color, right? It's, it's in a, it's a fun, empowering and encouraging, I feel like are colors that come to mind. So I love all of them. Perfect. Okay. So this is like my quick fire 10. I love to ask at the very end as we wrap things up. So really where I'm just going to ask the questions and you're going to okay. give us the first answer that comes to mind. Fabulous. Fill in the blank. Red is fire. What's something that people often get wrong about you? Ooh. So they often think that you're just born that way. You're just naturally thin. You've never struggled you know, like you don't know what it's like to be, you know, to be overweight or to be in my shoes and, and to be all, you know, to be honest, I don't know what it's like to be in anyone else's shoes, but my own, but to just say like, oh, well, you just have good genetics. You just have a fast metabolism without realizing that, oh, no, no, there was a lot that went on under the surface. There was a lot behind the scenes for decades that you don't see. And, and that's, 
that's something that a lot of people often get wrong about me. All right. Last show that you binged and loved. I would go with The Blacklist as being like one of my favorite, like new favorite shows. Yeah. I love The Blacklist. So I'm right there with you on that one. Yeah, (laughs) awesome. Okay. Favorite movie. Oh, so this is funny. So from the time I was a kid, it was 10 Things I Hate About You. And it was to the point where when we lived overseas, I was like trying to find it in Russian even because I was like, I I can probably learn the language if I just watch this movie over and over again because I know what they say in English so I can figure it out in another language. But that has like always been like my go-to kind of favorite movie. Love Actually is often a favorite around the holidays and probably Bridget Jones's Diary because it just like, she's just hilarious. So I haven't watched that one in a while, but those are, those are some of my other favorites. Those are fantastic. I love those. What's your hype song? Ooh, so anything, so some, some of the older like fallout boy songs, I actually love because they're like super fast paced and I used to love running to them. So one of them was called of all the gin joints in all the world. That was a favorite one. And then another one was our lawyers made us change the name of this or the name of this song or the title of the song, something like that. This is from like one of their early, early albums, but they, yeah, they like their music in general typically is like a good, like fun hype. If you need some good running music, like they're awesome. That's awesome. Okay. What's one must have thing in your morning routine? Coffee. <laughs> yeah. I agree it's with that not, one. Yeah. It's not always uh you know, first thing, first thing in the morning, it's like, okay, feed the baby. <laughs> but, but yeah, coffee is, is always a, a must at some point in the, is part of the morning routine. Yes. Perfect. What's on your nightstand right now? An eye sleep mask and probably my iPad. (laughs) Perfect. What's a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you true joy? Probably feeding Caleb right now. So he's nine months old. And, you know, and I, I like to give these kind of like messy behind the scenes pictures too, because like we we always like to be so Insta perfect and Pinterest perfect and, you know, like have like this beautiful looking house and stuff. But like it's, you know, me spooning him, you know, new food. And sometimes it's food that he likes, maybe mixed with something new. And he's just like making this face and like spitting it out on his tongue and like taking it out of his mouth, like physically pulling it out. Like, ew, mom, what did you do to me? Like, what is this? And I'm like, you like this, keep eating. (laughs) I love that so much. Oh, I remember those days too. (laughs) Yeah. What's something that you're deeply grateful for right now? Oh gosh, right now I am really grateful for my ability for my like physical like health and ability to just like walk and move relatively comfortably throughout the day. I've all this so I think my hips kind of shifted after childbirth. And so like all this year I've struggled with hip pain, knee pain, like things being out of balance to where there were days and up to like a week where I felt like I like I couldn't even walk very easily. I couldn't go up and down the stairs. And so just being able to like move my body without like significant pain, like I'm a little, a little stiff. Mom and I are heading to go get massages actually after this, but like just to be able to move without pain is like something I am really, truly grateful for after spending a lot of this year, I feel like um, in pain. (laughs) So, yeah. I love that answer because I think we take it for granted. When I hurt my back and I was like, I can't do anything without pain. And when it finally, when it 
was gone. I was like, oh my gosh, I can twist. I can stand up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. It's like, I can use both legs to get up the stairs. Like, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we forget how, how important that is for us. And yeah. uh, So thanks for bringing that one back too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jillian, I just enjoyed having you on the show today so much. I really loved everything we talked about and you always have so many wonderful pieces of fantastic advice for people. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I always love our conversations. Like we're, you know, we're such good friends anyways, that like, this is, this is more of just like friends and friends. So I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It's definitely just more of a great conversation for sure. (laughs) All right. So anything else you want our listeners to know? do things your own way. You know, like don't feel like you have to adhere to any kind of diet rules. Don't feel like you have to adhere to any kind of business rules. Like learn how to create the life and the body that you want, like on your own terms and, and trust yourself and give yourself permission to fail. When we have that permission to not get it right, we can actually learn to like test and tweak and, and we can take the steps forward that we ultimately want to take. We're just often so, so afraid of failure or taking longer than it needs to be. And again, just goes back to that mindset of like, what are you making this mean about you? And how can you start to feel that success that you want today? Because you can, you will always find things to feel successful about and proud about and confident about every day if you look for them. Fantastic. I love that. Imagine that idea of doing things your own way fits right in. (laughs) What's the best way that somebody can get in touch with you if they'd like to? Yeah, so you can visit my website. It's bodyyoucrave.com. And there you'll have the opportunity that there's, uh, you can listen to the podcast, you can get the free workshop, you there's an option to contact me there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as Jillian Lama. So you can find me on social media. So yeah, I'm, I think I am one of very few, if not the only Jillian Llamas out there. So I know I told my husband, I was like, we can never get divorced, babe, because I'm not giving up this last name. I'm like so easily Googleable and findable. Like I, yeah, sorry, you're stuck with me. So, but that's, that's it. Bodyyoucrave.com. I love it. Perfect. And we'll make sure that link is in the show notes as well below. Okay. So now it's your turn. Get out there and redefine success your way. Look at you go. You just finished up another episode of the Success Differently podcast, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Was it just me, or did that episode go by way too fast? If you want more, head over to successdifferently.com for show notes and all the discount links from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new circle of women who are movers and shakers like you, to bounce ideas off of, ask questions, and get inspired, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at theredmag.com. I can't wait to see you there.